Uh, look behind every great man, as you've probably heard before, stands at least one great woman. It's uh, true, even for Jesus, we've been saying. Uh, Matthew mentions or names in his genealogy of Jesus uh, five women, uh, each one with a unique story. And each one made a notable contribution to Jesus' family tree. The first was a widow who uh, slept with her father-in-law and seeking children and relief from shame. Um, that's a story that needs more explanation and we're going to go into tonight, uh, today. Uh, the second was a Gentile prostitute in the city of Jericho. Uh, commended for her faith in choosing to serve God and the people and join the people of Israel when they came uh, to the promised land. The uh, third was a loyal, hardworking uh, foreigner who became the grandmother of ancient Israel's uh, great king, David. The fourth was a victim of King David's sins of adultery and murder. She became the mother of King Solomon. Um, then there's a long, long, long pause in the listing of women until the fifth woman, Mary, is named in Jesus' family tree, his mother, Mary. And now we've read this earlier, but I just want to remind us again, this is how the birth of Jesus happened. While his mother Mary was engaged, a quick explanation in Jesus' day and culture, to be engaged was to be legally married. Uh, the, the legal ramifications were already taken care of. The the wedding celebration and the honeymoon had not happened yet. They would happen at some later time, but the legal aspects were all done. So they, Mary and Joseph were legally married. Uh, but before they came together, before the wedding and the honeymoons, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So parentheses, Mary's going around town uh, Nazareth, their little town, and telling this crazy story about having talked to an angel and she's still a virgin even though she's pregnant. How, just how do you think people are responding? <laughs> um, I think even her mother is saying something like, well, that's a likely story. <laughs> Who do you think's going to believe that? And Joseph is one of those, nah, yeah, I really like you, but I know. So, Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 19 tells us Joseph, her husband to be, or her legal husband, was a righteous man and he did not want to disgrace, disgrace her publicly. Uh, he intended to divorce her because they're legally married, divorce her. Privately, And when he had contemplated this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That, that unlikely story she's telling is true. 
She will give birth to a son. You will give him, uh, you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This all happened so that what was spoken by the Lord, Matthew adds, this all happened so that what is spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph Joseph awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. He took his wife, but did not have marital relations with her until she gave birth to a son whom he named Jesus. Mary, Mary was one of hundreds of young women in Israel at that time, maybe thousands. She lived in a small town that nobody thought a whole lot of, if they thought of it at all. She probably felt unseen, unnoticed, and invisible, other than the fact that she was engaged to Joseph, you know, and life was just kind of the way things happen. This. She felt like, probably felt like nobody knew her. But God saw her. And God invited her to participate in the plan to restore this broken world. He sent an angel named Gabriel to, to go to her, and the angel says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. In other words, Mary, you are not invisible to God. He has noticed you. You are chosen. Will you play your part in his plan? Will you play, play your part in God's plan for this world? Folks, the same is true for you. Wherever you are, wherever you may be, whether you're living in a big town, a big city, a little town, or out in the middle of rural nowhere, you are 40 miles from the nearest form of civilization or even farther. The same is true for you. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I want you to remember and ponder this. It's our sermon in a sentence. You are not invisible to God. The same God who saw Mary sees you. This Christmas, you may feel lost in the shadows. You may feel overlooked, unseen, and forgotten. You need to hear the message of Christmas. The center, at its center, the eternal truth is that you are not invisible to God. He sees you. He looks at you. He shines his light on you. Before you ever thought of going to look for him, for, for God, and connecting with God, God's gone and come looking for you. In the most incredible expression of love, God him entered in to our situation, into our world, in order for us to find him, for us to know his love. God's glory lit up a field so that angels in the middle of the night would know. His glory lit up a little town called Bethlehem in a stable or a manger 
on the edges of town. And at that same time, the light that entered, that same light can enter our lives, your life. Sharing with you the very same love and presence that was shared with shepherds and Mary and Joseph. You are not invisible. Now, whether you're on site or online, I think you're sharing in this Christmas Eve celebration that shows that you have an interest in Jesus. But I cannot overlook this opportunity, pass by this opportunity to ask, have you found Jesus to be your Savior? You know, we can live a lifetime of declaring that Jesus is our friend, That we like Jesus. That Jesus is just all right with us. But neglect the essential need to say yes to living our lives with him. God sees you. Yet wherever you are, wherever you may be, God sees you. Jesus invites you to live your life with him. He wants to be Emmanuel for you. The question is, are you willing to experience all the dimensions of what that means to have God in your life, to God with us, living with you? What will your response be? That's the question. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. You can use my words or you can use your own. And whether you've done this before or never done it before, whether you've ever said yes to Jesus or not, this is a great time to either renew that commitment or to do it for the first time. Let's say yes. Dear God, thank you for noticing me and seeing me. As unbelievable as it may seem to be, as scary as it may seem to be, I am not invisible to you. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me to live my life with you. <clears throat> Today I say yes to your invitation. Welcome to my life, Emmanuel. With your help, I'll live from now on knowing God is with us, with me. Whatever that may mean. 